Oh man, we love the Bible. Woo! Welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and I am clinging to the dream in a sycamore tree. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger who brings good news. And I've got great news. Dave is here to tell us the story of the Gospels. A little later, we'll be speaking with one of our very own, Harrison Batorf, about his own patterns and rhythms he clings to when reading scripture. And this is what you dream for your whole lives, friends of the pod. But before we get into it, Let's welcome our favorite co-hosts, tightening their thinking and MIGA hats, <laughs> Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Good day. Good day. Make Israel great again. Yes. <laughs> and Dave, good day. Hello. And Harrison, good day. First time friend of the pod. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. Yay! Harrison, uh, do you listen to the show? Um, yes, just say okay. yes. That's, yeah, yeah. I, every time, every week. <laughs> okay, great. Down. Friend yes. of the pod. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Wow. So, um, thou shalt not what <laughs> false witness or something. Did you, almost say, did you almost say like covet thy neighbor's lips or something? I don't, I don't know. It's just about money. So, guys, we're trying something new today. We are on Facebook Live. <laughs> Facebook Live. Hey, Facebook Live. For the very first Hi, time, right for now. the very first time ever. Between Sundays is on Facebook Live. Actually, the joke right now that we're making is we <laughs> did this whole thing already, but I forgot to hit record, and so we're doing it again. But we are on Facebook Live, and uh, we're going to try this out. We're going to try it out for the next couple of weeks and see how it goes, see if people like it, if it's something that Mondays or, uh, hey, I got to have Between Sundays a day earlier. Well, Facebook Live, that's where to do it. If you're still a Tuesday person, you just want to download an edited version <laughs> <laughs> That'll be on Tuesdays, but people are clamoring, Marin, no, for I'm a uncut Tuesday person. and raw Tuesday between person. Sundays. And you know what? If if you're watching right now, what you get to see that you won't get to hear just on the pod is how much sweat is oh, pouring off of us. Goodness. Why? It's so hot. It's a little here. Oh, you're hot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh my. We are all. Glistening. Oh my. Oh, it's part of the. Sorry, guys. It's a feature. I'm fine. The, <laughs> <laughs> the bright lights of the spotlight from Facebook Live mm. just. Too much for some people, I guess. Nerves, yeah. I'm telling you. All right. So I was gone last week. Yes. You so were... you guys got to tell me. I was in Florida. I was in absurdly hot weather. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> it looked hot. It was so hot. Like not even comfortable. No, was... it was not comfortable. Like going the water go was the like deep going water into a bathtub, right? Yeah. The water was even hot. And so. How would you know? Did you go in? I went in. I, we had a pool. You, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, the we went to the waters. ocean a couple times. Yeah. We went to the ocean twice. And the first thing you see when you walk up onto the ocean is shuffle your feet or you might get stung by a stingray. Yeah. So you're like, well, great. Didn't spend too much time in the water. but Yeah. And what was the thing you sent me a picture of right before you left? Uh, horseshoe crab. Because there was one time I went in the ocean and stepped on one. And oh, my didn't go back the rest of the week. Um, but I missed some stuff while I was gone. I missed some stuff happening here around Grace. And so what was it? What did I miss? What happened? What's missed, going on? You missed Grace Kids Camp, Tyler. I did? You did. You did. I missed half of it. You missed half of it. So you can still get your fill of Grace Kids Camp at the Fishers Campus happening all week yep. this week. But Marin's yes. wearing her Mission Extreme Grace Mission Kids Camp Extreme. shirt yes, right today now. Today was backwards t-shirt day. So if I were to properly represent what today was, I'd wear this backwards. But, you know, we have cameras. So <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. one's for you guys. Basic, yeah. basic dignity. And Marin, you are, you're pretty involved. 
this year. Yeah. Yeah. Last year, I really wasn't involved hardly at all. I helped sign kids in at a kiosk in the morning, but um, my kids were so excited. I can't tell you week after week. Did you register us yet? Did you register us yet? Just to volunteer. My kids are Mm -hmm. too old to just kind of take part. I think it only goes up to fifth grade. Um, So my kids are small group leaders here at 146 all last year or last year, uh, last week. Um, My (laughs) son led third graders and my daughter led five-year-olds. That is so cool. And they loved it. They were so happy and they loved it. So I decided, hey, I'm going to volunteer along with you guys. So yeah. I was backing Kendra up with the singing and the dancing and the leading mm-hmm. of the worship with our Out Loud students. Um, for those of you who don't know, Out Loud is a ministry here at Grace Church where we really empower our kids to be able to lead worship for other kids. Mm, so, we're not doing commercials, but that's fine. I am. <laughs> you might not be, but I sure am. Marriage recruiting. And we're looking for She's volunteers. <laughs> Do you like to sing and or dance? <laughs> yes. So that was so all last week. And this week too, I'm singing yeah. and dancing. Do you, do you love being surrounded by a bunch of kids? Like, is this like your kind of environment? I do. It's so life-giving. It's, it's very different from what I do on a regular basis. So yeah. it's, it's, it's wonderful. All right. I, before I came here, I would do two uh, vacation Bible schools a summer, me and the kids. Like it's That's just cool. so much fun. So yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost, I mean, it's, it's difficult to do those weeks back to back. Usually mm-hmm. I had them broken up. One was in June, one was in August. So it's a little bit of a push to get through two solid weeks. Yeah. Um, with a rooted celebration in the middle. Right, Harrison? No big deal. Oh, that's right, right, Harrison? right. Yeah, but no, it's so much fun. And, you know, I'm tired when I get there at eight mm-hmm. in the morning, but as soon as I see the kids, it's just like whew, energy through the roof. It's so fun. And did you wear a beard every day? Or <laughs> <laughs> was that uh, Yeah, please explain this, yeah. So we had themes. Like I said, today was backwards t-shirt day. Tomorrow is crazy hat and tie day. I think the day after that is crazy hair day, which is not hard for me to do. Mm -hmm. And Thursday, I don't even know, but Friday was costume day. Gotcha. And more than costume day, it was disguise day because mm-hmm. the whole theme is spies and secret uh, agents, secret agents of yeah. God on a mission, you know. So I really tried to think of a costume that would disguise me the most. And you thought a beard would do it's it, the huh? the best thing that I could do. Look pretty good. All week, I had been killing it with a hot glue gun. Everything that I had done was 100% hot glue, <laughs> but I couldn't figure out how to hot glue a disguise, so I had to go with pre-existing items. Yeah. All right. So we and- had a giant beard and... I really didn't think it through, like to sing with the beard. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times the fuzz or whatever they glue onto this mask mm. like went straight into the back of my throat. Ooh, <laughs> that's not good. No, it's nope. bad. Super bad. Also very sweaty, um, but super enjoyable. I think, I don't know if I'll do it again this Friday. There was one hitch. The last day, you know, I'm going up to kids with the microphone, like, it's your turn. You sing. And every child had the same, like, petrified response. What was it? They they just shook their heads. What? (laughs) (laughs) No, they just, they wouldn't, they were scared of me. Oh, they were? I want to have fun, but I don't want to scare the children. Maybe just. It could have been the beard. I think it was the beard. (laughs) Maybe. Don't do the mustache, just the beard. Have make, make it more like an Amish beard, neck beard, so they can see my face. And they can see your upper lip. And <laughs> oh gosh, no, that makes it worse. Nope. <laughs> nope. Oh this man, is why we have liability? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Barry, uh, what's going on in your life? What's happening? Uh, my last week was pretty good. I was between seminary quarters, so I actually had a little bit of an easier workload, which was nice. I got to got a little bit of rest and and relaxation. We did. Um, I shadowed dad at a 
uh, a funeral that was actually pretty, pretty awful. Tragic. It was a real tragic yeah. situation. So <clears throat> that was, that was, you know, it was a bit of an emotional roller coaster for that, for that reason. But, um, the one thing that really stands out, um, to me as I think about it is Humphrey, my rabbit, our adopted pet yeah. rabbit has been having this like just incredible couple of days or a few days where he is just getting so affectionate and and friendly with us, which again, I didn't know was even possible for rabbits, but it totally is. And um, like one of the things that he'll do is he'll he'll actually like flop on the ground near us, which is his way of just saying, I'm so relaxed right now mm -hmm. and I feel so safe. And this morning he actually flopped like practically in Olivia's lap almost, and then immediately started like licking her leg. And, and I was curious. So I looked it up and that's basically like him petting her. That's him grooming her Aww. to say like, like, I just love you. And I want to show you that. And he's so comfortable around us now. Um, and so what this has got Liv and I thinking, oh, and the thing that was, that's so beautiful about this is I looked at their, uh, that someone who first fostered him, like there, he, when he first came to Indiana, he was like in her basement, like she was the first person to, and, and she commented on a video on that video of, of him. And she said that, um, he was like nipping at her and biting everybody and was like super scared and angry all the time and confused. And so for her to see that she was so touched because she's like, it's such, it's like night and day from how he was when he first arrived. Mm. And, um, that really like touched me a lot. And, and Olivia and I have been talking about this. We think that what we ought to do covering this whole concept of like Humphrey's journey is to actually write a children's book about totally about should and have it be something like called like Humphrey's always scared That's or awesome. something mm. and have it be, uh, you know, sort of how, he, he doesn't understand that he's totally safe, Yeah. but it's just over time he begins to build that trust where he can actually flop in front of us and flop with us. And so, I mean, there's kind of this allegory to like God and us, like we walk around terrified all the time and we don't realize that, you know, that God knows the whole apartment and he, he knows that he knows that there's plenty of hay in the closet and like, you know, oh, no. you know, God, God's gonna, God's yeah. got our backs and, and yeah. our best way of living there's, is to get to the point where there, we can flop at his feet. Mm -hmm. There's your new preaching metaphor. There it is. There's, preach. there's plenty of there's plenty of hay in the closet. Plenty guys. of hay in the closet. <laughs> wow. I love squirrel noises. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So we've got a jam packed show. Yeah. Harrison, I'm sorry I didn't ask what's going on in your life, but we're, we're going to hear all about you. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> as soon as we talk about this past weekend's sermon. Perfect. Dave, you spoke. You gave the message this past weekend, which yep. was basically you were taking people to school. Yeah, it was school. It was it was pretty in-depth. And um, so I, I want to just touch on it because if you haven't listened, if you missed this past weekend, um, I implore you to press pause on what you're listening to right now and go listen to that because Dave really went deep in a way that this show would normally go on a on a Monday or Tuesday every week. And so let's just briefly talk about it because I think it will segue nicely into the meat of what we're going to make this show about, which is uh, Luke chapter 19, 1 through 10. And so, Dave, can you talk, you, you kind of gave the overarching view of what the Gospels mean, mm -hmm. the narrative of the Gospels. You gave the the world behind the text of Mark, right? Chapter yep. 10. Yep, yep. Um, and world of the text. World of, Mark, of and Mark yeah. 10, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, can you give us a, an overview of what, what you had to say just briefly? Well, yeah, the reason why the next nine weeks we're looking at the different genres or styles of literature. So we started with Gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And most, I think probably two thirds of the message was me 
describing that time, that period of time from like 1 AD to 33 AD, because the Gospels fit in that 30-year period, roughly 30-year period. And how, what the condition of the land was, how the people, the mood of the people, and how for years, hundreds, 1,400 years, essentially, for a cup, except for a couple little hundred-year periods, uh, Israel was under the thumb of every other nation. Mm-hmm. And then within Israel, there were groups of people trying to, this is why we were talking about make Israel great again. They were trying to make Israel great again. From mm-hmm. The liberals, Sadducees, to the conservative Pharisees, and the escapist Essenes, and the... Mm-hmm zealots who were the revolutionaries all trying to make Israel great again. And they were all trying there in their minds. They kept hanging on to a dream that they had heard about, had been told by for generations about a good news that was coming and that God's kingdom would finally be established and the warfare against every other nation would be over. And they would be in the, that was the whole thing they clung to. So in their minds, they kept looking for good news, good news, good news, good news, good news. That's what they hope for and dream for. Mm. And then we get to the gospels, which are, Gospel is a Greek word for good news. So the good news of Mark, good news of Matthew, good news of Luke, good news of John was that it has happened. Mm. The king's here and the kingdom is here. That's essentially the whole world behind the text. Why why do you think they decided that we need four versions of this, of the gospel, of the good news? Well, there and were, are there more versions? There probably were more versions. Okay. And there were some that were just never accepted. These were the four <laughs> that for probably a couple of hundred years uh, until 200 and 300 AD, they were, they were distributed among the churches. And they, uh, they just by a claim became the four that people hung on to the most. Okay. So that when we get, Barry, when was the council of uh, Nicaea? Was that three, 325, three, three, something like that. The council of Nicaea, when the church fathers gathered together and they said, hmm, what are we going to authorize? And it was about then that those four gospels were authorized as the four gospels. Okay. So because, because by that point, but by that point, they were so prominent and so in use across the entire church that everybody recognized, yeah, these are definitely these representative four, yeah. of the apostles. So. Yeah. And there are others, there are others out there that are in dispute as to what, mm-hmm. whether they were authentic or not. But these There's four, one called the gospel of Thomas, but mm-hmm. it is likely mostly made up. Gospel of Peter. I think there's one and there's others too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's likely made right. up. Like not necessarily authoritative and not necessarily accurate. Um, it might've been written like 150 or 200 years after Jesus oh, okay. by someone who didn't actually see him yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. All right. So these are the four that the church has said, this tells us about Jesus and the kingdom. Yeah. And, and as so, far as why four, yeah. part of the reason is because each one of them brings unique angles. You talked about this a little bit mm-hmm. in, the, in yeah. the sermon. They, they bring different perspectives and even different reasons for writing. You got Luke, who's very much writing to reach sort of a broader Greek audience mm-hmm. versus Matthew, who is so clearly writing for Jews. Like he's, his gospel is so Jewish. He doesn't even mention yeah. the name of God. He, he says like kingdom of heaven instead of kingdom of God because Jews don't want to write yeah. the name God, God down. So each one of them has sort of a different mm. reason. And Mark, and John, John has got this whole other reason for writing because his is like way later and he wants to correct false understandings of, of things. He wants to uh, yeah. talk about the divinity of Christ, like all those things. Yeah, so. here's a freak out. We think that he wrote uh, Revelation before he wrote the gospel of John. Really? Yeah. Wow. So he recorded what happened, what he experienced on the island of Patmos, where he saw Jesus, mm-hmm. the living Christ. 
yeah. in his in the Revelation, and then he went back and he wrote the Gospel of John. Isn't that fascinating? What a yeah. Does your brain crazy Harrison? memory? I think, I think it, it he does. Just blew your mind just now. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Boom. Tyler, and what'd you say? What a crazy memory he must have had then. Oh yeah. I mean like we, if he's writing about that first and then he's like, Oh yeah, and all these stories about Jesus. But again, we say that they're under the inspiration of Almighty God. So he just wasn't like left to his own human devices to try to like remember details and stuff. However, however, this is one thing I didn't, there's a lot of things I didn't have the time to bring up, but one of the things that's interesting in oral culture, because we don't live in an oral culture right now, we have lost the capacity to memorize. Mm -hmm. That's probably, yeah, in very the true. In the first century, they were very adept at memorization. If they heard something, they would hear it again, hear it again. It would quickly become, they, would, they wouldn't forget it. Um, mm -hmm. And that's why most of the gospels were passed down orally. So you could go 60 years and still remember something you were told 60 or saw with your own eyes 60 years mm -hmm. before. The, the Iliad and the Odyssey weren't written down by Homer. They were spoken and, and recited by people generation after generation of orators who would travel around and recite these long epic pro verses and prose because they had memorized it. Yeah. And ultimately someone was like, Hey, we ought to write this down. Yeah. So it's still Homer's writing, but this is, this is something that was passed through. Well, and the same with the long Gospels. periods of time. Yeah, yeah. For 30, for 30 or 40 years, they kept telling over and over again. And then Jesus did this. And yeah. then he said this, and yeah. then mm -hmm. he did this. And these, it like is the gospel of Mark. We, we think is likely a collection of the things that Peter said right. everywhere he went. Every time he went to a new place, he said yeah. the same things over and, and over again. You know, yeah, Mark was his recording device, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know. Right you know time. how I know that's true is because like 15 years ago, I knew where, I knew how to get places. <laughs> <laughs> you know? You yeah. just remembered. And yeah, well, I just knew how to get places. Now, I have no idea, like I could go to Marin's house 17 times on my with map on my phone <laughs> but if i lose my phone and she's like yeah. just come to my house i have no idea how to get there yeah, yeah. Ooh, we're gonna play tricks on tyler well, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna hide his phone. i have no idea so well, you, know, right. you know how we have a meeting at amy's house like every tuesday the design team you still I, don't know how to get no there. i'm totally <laughs> see what i'm saying totally at the mercy so i totally believe that memory phone. stuff you see that but, but like yeah. okay let me give you an example from my own life so i ran a nonprofit for a while world next door like seven years and one of the things that I discovered early on that was really useful for people to get inspired to like get in the game was for me to tell the story of how I started World Next Door. And it was frankly, it was one of the questions I would get asked every time I met anybody to talk about, it. how did you get started with that? So I told probably, I mean, if I had to guess, I probably told the story of how I started World Next Door seven or 800 times. Literally, it came to the point mm -hmm. where I actually wrote that in the book that I wrote at the end of my time at World Next Door. I wrote it down and it literally came so fast. I wrote page after page after page because I had already told that story hundreds mm -hmm. of times yeah. verbally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So maybe mm -hmm. in time, a few words or details might have been changed or, or right. adjusted or added. But yeah. the story was was identical because I had. I had run that that sucker into the ground, and if, yep. if I could tell you exactly what the story was right now, word for word, in the same way that it was yeah. four years ago. Mm. Yeah, prove it. And, I'm just kidding. Don't and do it. I was, <laughs> and I can't tell you what I had for dinner last night. <laughs> yeah, seriously. What what questions came up for you guys uh, this past weekend when you were uh, listening or watching this sermon? I'm always fascinated when you guys bring to light. You know, Mark is writing his gospel, um, and that. Peter was Mark's mentor. That I don't think I knew that. Mm. It's, it's that kind of thing that's like, oh, ah, oh, 
World okay. behind, or that's world of. That's both. Uh, both. both. Yeah, because both. you yeah, can both. get references to Peter and Mark doing stuff together in acts, but that's, yeah. it's not a lot. It's, yeah. it's yeah. Mm. Yeah. The, it, or like Luke was a, essentially a hired gun writer. Mm-hmm. Probably Theophilus paid for him to write, to do the research. Mm. I, that just boggles my mind. I think the mind. exact quote is Luke was a doctor with mad, mad. writing skills. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I thought it was great. And th- that's one of those sermons that you could just mine so much that you would never even include in a, in a normal is, yeah. is normal like a usual yeah. sermon. Yeah. There's so many details in there that you that I was just yeah. there was such so a interested great, in. like bed of historical background yeah. to even launch into the story of yeah. the rich young ruler. Mm. Yeah, to, yeah. to put us yeah. more into the mindset of the people, the right. people of God at that time. Yeah. But yeah. it also by understanding some of the why behind the Gospels, it helps to take that story from a story that we normally would interpret and be like, "Am I supposed to have any money?" And turn it in, instead into a picture of what does it even look like to be a part of this new kingdom mm-hmm. yeah. that Jesus is that and and so you brought it and you took it from money to power and you right. talked about it just blew it into a much bigger perspective and you f- situated it within the rest of the gospel and mm-hmm. I think that's really really valuable mm-hmm. yeah yeah so the story we that you focused on was on the rich young ruler and uh, you focused on the story told in Mark, but this is also told in, told in Luke, right? That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think that sets us up perfectly to talk about Zacchaeus. Is it, mm-hmm. you said Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus or Zacchaeus <laughs> and the call Jesus gave to him in mm-hmm. Luke 19, because it's basically the exact opposite of the rich young ruler's response. Right. But I want to get to Harrison. So let's welcome in Harrison. And uh, I, I want, yeah. Harrison, you're back. Thanks. I, uh, I wanted to invite Harrison on because Harrison, you you're, you work on staff at Grace. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about what you do, who you yeah. are, how you got here? Uh, but I wanted to invite you on because you've kind of become known as like the prayer on staff. <laughs> so uh, I want to invite a bunch of folks who, mm. who aren't, pastors like it's one thing to hear from dave and barry to read your bible right sure but uh when somebody who is just like me mm-hmm. or uh, uh any of our listeners comes on and is like here's here's what i do here's yeah. here's might be some helpful things and so you you're somebody who's super interesting to me and so i want to hear more a little bit more about who you are how you got yeah. here and uh yeah we'll you're go interesting yeah. to all of us Harrison. yeah <laughs> thanks guys Um, So I came to Grace uh, a little over two years ago. I started on the production team. Actually, I had never attended a service at Grace before, but a friend told me about a position that had opened up and um, said I should apply for it. And so I did. And uh, I three months after the first interview, got the job and (laughs) ended up here. (laughs) It took that long, huh? It it took a little bit. We need you desperately. (laughs) Just wait four months. I had had fairly well given up on on that. And then I got another email. But... um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so uh, I started on production and stayed on for, I think, a year and a half in production. And then um, a new position opened up as uh, director of um, prayer and discipleship. And I've had a passion for prayer for um, a while just due to some personal experiences I've had and things I've seen God do through prayer and, mm-hmm. that's and like, whatnot. Okay, side note. That's a whole podcast. I was going to say, that's like the understatement. Yeah, so what does that mean? Here. Some experiences you've had through prayer. Oh my gosh. I, I don't, we don't have time. I'm in here. I'm telling his story. I, I mean, 
this is a mind mind boggling young man and what God's done through him. So oh. it's up to you if you want to go there. I, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's 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 a pretty long story. I, I've seen um, I, I've seen God deliver people from spiritual oppression. I've seen. Um, people pray for others and then be healed and just some crazy stuff in, in the supernatural realm. And, um, so that kind of made me interested in prayer because I can, Mm. I I saw what happens when Mm. the people of God actually like authoritatively use the name of Jesus to bring God's kingdom and healing and, you know, to life. And, uh, so that was my passion for prayer. And so when this position opened up as director of prayer and discipleship, I thought, well, that would be super cool. And I've always, I've felt called towards a pastoral role and it mm-hmm. seemed to fit that a little bit better. So, um, I came on, on prayer and discipleship, uh, July 24th of last year. And, um, that's, uh, I was over the prayer ministry then as well as, um, some of our adult ministries. And now m- what my job looks like is about 50% rooted where I will be focusing on the large group events with rooted weeks, one weeks, eight, the celebration and the prayer experience, um, kind of being an event coordinator for those. And then the other half of my role is the prayer ministry and overseeing that at each campus. And by the way, you're like 11 years old, right? That's, that's I'm actually 12, but yeah. close. You're like no. 22 though. 22. Yeah. 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 Super Com- young. And Tyler, this is what's happening though because we are now in our mid 30s <laughs> oh you're such yeah. a baby he's not he's a he's a grown man yeah, so grown gonna help me right. get home from here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. okay that's pretty awesome that you've got all that responsibility and you've had these experiences these full yeah. life-giving experiences yeah. Can you say, we're in the middle of a series, as you know, called BYOB, Bring Your sure. Own Bible. Can you talk a little bit about um, some of your experiences reading scripture and your journey through scripture and maybe how scripture has impacted you yeah. throughout your life? Yeah. So um, we started, my family started going to church when I was in the second grade and going through um, children's church, you know, you're always told you need to read your Bible, right? And you hear all the Bible stories and that was cool. Um, and I, I, I did fairly often, but I, I didn't really know what to take from it. I knew they were good stories and whatnot. And then I think what I started to find was um, middle school and high school hits. And it's not that problems before then weren't real, but I don't know, life gets bigger and your problems feel like they get bigger. And so Mm -hmm. I found that um, due to the encouragement that I had been given in youth group and um, the the rhythms and practices that I had been built through that, um, when I would hit a hard time, scripture is naturally where I would go to. And... um, it, that's what, that's how scripture caught my heart was in the middle of brokenness and pain. Um, you can open it up and it's, I didn't know where I was going. I would yeah. open up and I would read and it never fails to encourage, to bring hope and um, guidance. So, uh, and it's a part of that. It's a yeah. part of your, the prime story. Yeah. The transformation mm. of your life is the scripture. And right. a- again, someday <laughs> yeah. the whole story, right. because he brought scripture to bear in a mm. way that a young man, I've never, I've never seen someone of Harrison's age, bring the scripture and the power of the Holy spirit to bear on a situation like he did at his age. Mm. Wow. So spoiler it, alert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's true. Yeah. It's true. So it, it caught my heart then. And then, um, when I started to feel called towards something pastoral, uh, I, uh, I'm currently still attending Indian Wesleyan online studying theological studies. And so through that, I've learned how to study the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so it's always had that emotional hope, life giving, you know, effect. But now as I've, you know, got a few classes behind me and I'm really understanding a little bit more about how to interpret scripture, um, man, it's, it's solid stuff. And I, I like now just to be able to go through a passage and 
say, what does this mean? And feel like I have a, a decent idea of what it does. Mm. So, so yeah. what are some of those things or rhythms yeah. that you do? Um, ideally or what I actually do. <laughs> uh, both. I mean, what, what yeah. what's real for you? What what happens to where you, you're doing something that where you feel the most mm-hmm. connected to God? Um, real is probably every other night before bed, having the Bible open and reading a couple of chapters before bed. My ideal and what I wish I could do would be get up an hour early every morning and spend 30 minutes reading and 30 minutes journaling, but I fall asleep and it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you're a night person. Yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. Well, kind of. I don't I don't know. I fall asleep at both times. but <laughs> um, I think that's exactly why we wanted you to come on the show, because yeah. you're super honest, and yeah. I think that that pretty much represents a large constituency, mm-hmm. myself included of like, we've got this bar. We'd really right. like to reach this bar, yeah. but in reality, we don't always reach yeah. that bar. And it's also me and dad. Can I speak for you? <laughs> Absolutely. <Okay. laughs> Absolutely. The large constituency includes everyone, including full-time pastors. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the, the rhythm I try to keep is, um, I, I like to go through, um, if I can, a proverb a day. So Proverbs is really cool. And there's 31 chapters, Look right? Look at that. And there's wow. 31. Oh, man. God. See? Right. And at most, a month has 31 days. So one of the big struggles is like, where the heck do I start? And yep. that's an easy way to say, mm. okay, well, it's January 2nd. I'm going to read Proverbs 2. And you mm-hmm. do. And see how he did that? Yeah. I see. Over time, that rhythm, you know, it gets boring and you can get into a rut with that. Mm -hmm. But I don't, ruts are, we talk about them like they're bad and I guess they are. But at the same time, there's seasons in life where you don't feel like going to the scripture. But when you have not that rut, but that rhythm of this is what I'm going to read this day. It keeps you in it regardless of whether you feel like it or not. Discipline what what he just said. That was good. Yeah. (laughs) Because we do think of ruts as bad things. They're not 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 terrible. Let's get, let's get. Wow. They're Let's just, get t-shirts that say ruts can be friends. <laughs> Embrace your ruts. Rut. <laughs> Embrace your rut. I think we should probably stop. Now, something next thing out of our mouth is going to be something we're going to yeah. regret. We are live. Yeah. So right. uh, <laughs> no, but seriously, that was, a, yeah, wow. So when people come to you and they're like, Harrison, I need prayer. Mm-hmm. Or I, I don't know what, what most of your conversations are like regard, in that realm, but... Yeah. If somebody were to say, Harrison, I, I need prayer because I just don't feel connected to God mm-hmm. when I'm reading the Bible. Like, what would you tell them? What, what, how would you have a conversation with that person? That they need prayer because they're not connecting. To well, God like, when I feel like I could go years sure. and be like, ah, I just, uh, I'm in a rut, but I'm in a rut because I'm not reading or I'm in mm-hmm. a rut because I'm, I'm not, I don't know where to start or, yeah. uh, I don't even know what I'm reading. And so BYOB yeah. certainly helps, but the Harrison Bottorf, <laughs> I keep saying it that way because I want to make sure I'm saying it right. You're absolutely saying it right. Okay, yes. good. Uh, what is your mm-hmm. version of BYOB for somebody? Like how can you yeah. help them? Yeah. If, if someone were to come and say, I'm, I'm, I'm not hearing God in it. My first suggestion is going to be, well, don't stop, keep doing it. Because if you stop reading, you're, you're definitely not going to hear them. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, well, let's, let's pray together and let's ask God to speak. You know, God says that if you ask for wisdom, it will be granted to you. And I think he's a loving father who wants to speak to us. And so if we're not hearing from him, the first step other than to read scripture should be to say, God, I need you to say something. Yeah. Um, I might, you know, ask what they're going through. And if there's a particular passage or book that seems like it would be fitting for their season of life, I might suggest that. But 
mainly keep it up and be before you open it up, pray, ask him to speak and to say something. And after you've read it, take, take two minutes to stop and to think, what did he say? Because if you just Mm. stop and you go and you drive away to work, you haven't given any processing Mm -hmm. time to what you just read. That's so true. I mean, for me, I read, I read a lot, but Mm -hmm. I'm also like, I, I close the book and I'm like, Oh, I wonder what's happening on Twitter. Yeah. Sure. Or, you know, like, oh, neat. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, look, there's Humphrey. Yeah, yeah. there's Humphrey. Um, and so I move on real quick and mm-hmm. I'm not allowing myself to process. So that's really good. Yeah. Thanks for that. The, uh, had a woman approach me after service and asked if the, our five questions were like proprietary or like copyrighted or something. Mm. Because she was so taken by the five questions mm. that she wanted to send it to a pastor friend to use for his church. I said, did you say, yeah, it's 20 bucks. Yeah. I came up with that on my own. Actually, no, I borrowed that from about 25 other people. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, do you want me to read those questions? Do it. It was, you know, you're reading the scripture and then you stop and you ask yourself, what does God want me to understand? What does God want me to believe? What does God want me to desire? What does God want me to stop doing? What does God want me to do? It's yeah. very practical. Mm-hmm. And very simple. And likely you'll find the answer to one of those questions. Yeah, not all yeah, of them, but at least anything, one of them right? will jump out. Yeah. Um, by the way, at some point this week, we are going to add those questions as well as a little bit more background of the three worlds of the text to gracechurch.us slash BYOB, that yeah. page. We're gonna, mm-hmm. I just realized that would probably, probably up worth, right now. It might be up right now. Yeah. yeah so. Probably is. Just FYI. It's, it'll be up there. Great. Well, thanks, Harrison. Let's. Do you mind sticking around and we'll talk about Absolutely. this, this uh, Luke yeah. passage? Um, okay, so the homework for this week, we're calling it homework, right? Yep. Sure. It's homework. Uh, the past you couple weeks, that, we- You had, some, you had a, a little girl groan when you mentioned yeah. that it was- You know what I'm thinking? <laughs> oh, like- I, I got my glasses are stuck. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Okay, we're good. It's what? summer. You hear the word homework uh, when yeah. it's you summer heard her. break? That's whack. You, you were there. Were you there? <laughs> What's that? Tyler's got his new sound clips that he's trying. He's taken out for a spin. Sorry, he told us he had some special. uh, I have new clips. Clips for us this week. That's whack. (laughs) Said her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the little girl was sitting in the front row, and she goes, "I I don't know what she said, or she audibly groaned." But I said, "This is gonna be like, oh." So I said to her, all right, look, I'm sorry. It really is gonna be that, but I'll tell you what. I'm gonna make it as exciting as possible. I'm gonna check in with you. Cool. A little, a little bit later. Great. And, and so she paid attention. Yeah. All right. And I said, I, you know, you can't see it on a podcast, but she gave me the thumbs up. Yeah. So she was paying attention. Cool. Yeah. And so the last couple of weeks we've done this, we've, Barry's gotten on Facebook live and Tuesday mornings at seven 30 and kind of walked everybody through the passage and talk, interacting with folks. And so, um, this week's passage is Luke chapter nine, verse one through 10, 19, 19. Oh, 19, sorry. Verse one through 10. And it's the story of Zacchaeus and, uh, the wee little man. And so, um, <laughs> yeah, by the way, why, why do you think Luke made a point to call him small? I feel like it's pretty offensive. It's the reason he climbed the tree. Yeah. Like it's integral to the story. Right. He, he wanted to see right. Jesus and he couldn't he see Jesus. Anybody interesting, interested in knowing how tall people were in those days? Yes. Yeah. Three foot eight. Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. There's a debate. Some people think that the average, uh, average person was five foot one. Hmm. Wow. And some people think it could be as tall as five foot, five foot seven. Oh, wow. Hmm. So, uh, and the fact is people were shorter then. So if he was a, of short stature, he was a very short stature. He was a yeah. wee little man. <laughs> yeah. 
Yep. So did you guys know that Napoleon wasn't really all that short? He's he's got this reputation as this like tiny little man, but that was total propaganda against him. He was like five nine. What? Really? Thank yes. you, because that was happening internally. Yeah. Sorry. I just had to say that. Five nine. Yeah, that's pretty short. At any rate, it's like gr- average what? for American male. Okay. Anyway. Okay, so so, so he was like the size of a kid. I, we don't know. Oh, okay. All we know, we know. he's just small. He's a little man. Okay. Is that enough for you? That's so, a song. Yeah, there's a song that about comes him. from a song. People are going, what does wee little man mean? <laughs> yeah. Wee little man was he? My daughter was singing it earlier. Sycamore yeah. tree. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> it also says he was too short to see over the crowd. It's possible that he was normal size <laughs> and the crowd was just big. His size. They were yeah. all Amazons. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just yeah. saying, he wasn't necessarily abnormally small. He just couldn't see over the crowd. Yeah. The scripture say short stature. He says, it says, well, in well, the NLT, it says yeah, he was version? too short to see over the crowd. So let's see what And by the says. way, by the way, sycamore fig trees, world behind the text, were the type of tree that had uh, limbs that would go almost parallel to the mm-hmm. ground. Oh, yeah, okay. Big, thick, yep. big, you big, big, big climb. So, pictures of those sycamore trees. Good. So he wasn't like climbing an oak tree. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. it was like low to the ground. And so, he, yeah. <laughs> Marin, what version are you reading? What version of the Bible? New King James. <laughs> believe it. You That's have better believe it. NKJV. Uh, <laughs> okay. So Dave, do you mind reading this so we can kind of get the foundation nope, for what we're about to talk to. about? Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus, and he was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd, so he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down, took Jesus to his house, and in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. And Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. But the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Okay, he probably was actually small. The other time. <laughs> the, the, the Greek word is mikros, like yeah. micro. And the other time that Luke uses it in 17 is when he's referring to children. So he's probably small. Okay. okay. It's a small, he's so a wee little man. So <laughs> the, the big idea, I guess, of this story is repentance. Well, okay. It's pretty simple because in a lot of stories... You're looking for the moral of the story. Mm-hmm. The same way in the story last week where you get to verse 31 at the end of, Luke, of Mark chapter 10 and it goes, bam, there's the moral of the story. Right. The greatest in the kingdom mm-hmm. will be the least. And the same's true here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get to what Jesus says. For the son of man came to seek and say what that was lost. Yeah. Keep in mind one thing. Son of man was the phrase that Daniel chose. Yes. And it's the phrase that described the Messiah. Hmm. So once again, it's his Messiahship. It's king, his kingship being being held up. Yeah. It also it also taps into another theme in Luke, which is this idea that the Pharisees thought that those who would get into the kingdom were those who were morally righteous and and upright and pure, 
and here. And so clearly tax collectors were not among those because they were the ones that yeah. we've talked about it on the pod before. They abused the people That's and the he worst. was the chief tax collector. So he actually was the boss of the tax collectors mm-hmm. of, Jer- of Jericho. So he and was, by the, the way, probably set the rates himself. Right. Mm-hmm. And probably told the guys, I, where's my extra money this week? Like they would have given him. So mm-hmm. he was definitely not part of the kingdom as, was, far, yeah. as, yeah. as far as the Danny Pharisees. DeVito. That's what I picture. Yeah, but, but Danny then, DeVito. But then Jesus yeah. says, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but then in verse nine, Jesus says that he has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. So, mm-hmm. in other words, he he mm-hmm. is he is a son of Abraham. He is part of the kingdom, even though he's exactly the kind of person everyone said wouldn't be. And so that's part of a bigger theme in Luke as well. Yeah, and, yeah. And by the way, when Jesus said, going back to the passage about the least would be the, at this point, Zacchaeus became the least spiritually mature person in the whole room mm. because he essentially re- he was back at square one one mm-hmm. he is just and the pharisees it would have driven them insane because they spent years decades of their life getting pure before god so that they would be the most in the kingdom mm. here was a neophyte who just somehow stumbled into repentance and he's called a child of abraham yeah wait who is he collecting taxes for Rome, Rome. Roman okay. government. So it's and like the, a traitor to the Yeah. yeah. But it was people. also not just for the Roman government, but for the local government too. So it was, okay. a, it was a little bit of both. Mm. And Which, the Pharisees couldn't stand this dude. Likely not. No, okay. Nobody liked him. So it'd be like the equivalent of like 2,000 years from now. Well, the Pharisees are probably not happy that 2,000 years from then, we're all talking about Zacchaeus, right? Yeah. yeah. And they it'd were be trash like, talking the Pharisees all the time. Yeah, they wouldn't yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it'd be like 2,000 years from now, hmm. they're like writing children's songs about the Kardashians. Oh my. Mm. <laughs> you know? And like, it's really, well, that's a great it, analogy. It, there it is. I don't know. I hadn't thought of but that. But with repentance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, wait, it'd be like, okay, who's the guy that, that guy that owned that pharmaceutical company. Yes. Oh my goodness. Jacked up the price of, what was it? It was uh, like uh, EpiPens. Yes. EpiPens for for like not dying from allergy, allergic Mm -hmm. reactions. He jumped up the price like a thousand percent. That was Narcon. It was for, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So anyway, but like, it'd be like that guy. Yeah. Songs about it. getting songs written about him. Yeah. 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 That's the, that is Zacchaeus. That is now Zacchaeus. And he, ooh, I don't like that. Now the other twist the other twist is, and the reason why Barry chose this passage as our homework, is you have to contrast him with the other rich young ruler. Mm-hmm. Which yes. in Luke is literally the fir- the chapter right before it. Right. Yes. So you have two rich rulers or rich, powerful people. Okay. And and the contrast between the two couldn't be more stark. Mm-hmm. And and I love it because the in the so if you look at the two passages in Luke eighteen, the rich young man or the rich man or whatever, um, he is morally perfect. He, mm-hmm. he follows the yeah. law to the mm-hmm. letter, but he doesn't enter the kingdom because he had great wealth and he walked away sad. In other mm-hmm. words, he had great power. He didn't want to give it up. And, and so, and then Jesus says, yeah, it's actually easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom. And the, the disciples are baffled. They're like, well, then who in the world can be saved? Like, yeah. this is impossible. And Luke answers that question one chapter later yeah. Yeah. says, here's who can be saved. I'm about to show you a camel going through the <laughs> of a needle. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it was a person who had not followed the law, who right. had taken advantage of people who repented yeah. and, and, and made himself nothing. Yeah. That's and, who is and, saved. And the one who entered the kingdom was not a Sadducee, not a Pharisee. Mm-hmm not an Essene mm. and not a zealot. And Jesus said, here's my people. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. This is this is my guy. This is this is the best world of the text kind of thing. When this happens and you see these things and you're like, whoa, that's cool. Yeah, yeah there was there was a lot of that for me in studying yeah. this yeah. passage. Um the seeker of the lost, you know, he came to seek that which was lost in Luke 15. Um that oh, phrase yeah. occurs like six times, Six right? times, yeah. The stories of the, the lost coin, oh, right. the lost right. son, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I, I sent a text message earlier today to Emily O'Connor. We love our, oh, former our pod very prod. first prod. pod prod, Emily O'Connor, who's now working for the Hebrew congregation. Yeah, she's the pod prod oh. of our hearts now. Yes, she is. But I was <laughs> This is really hard, you guys. <laughs> I don't even see how that applies. <laughs> it's hard to talk about her. We miss her. <laughs> oh, I get it. Okay, yeah, there it is. Uh, but no, I, I always have her go on like these missions for me to find out questions I have about, you know, just culture and Mm -hmm. customs and things like that. Um, Thinking about finding something that is lost and rejoicing over that lost thing, but doing so communally. You see that, and I was kind of rabbit trailing at this point maybe, but you see that um, with the lost sheep, he finds the sheep and he calls Mm -hmm. all his neighbors over. Look, I found the thing I lost. Um, The lost coin, she calls Mm -hmm. her neighbors over. The lost son, prodigal son. Seriously, yeah. You know, so like he... He seeks out, Jesus seeks out Zacchaeus, finds him who is lost and says, let me go to your house and have dinner. So my question for Emily was like, is there a custom of celebrating like when lost things are found? Is that just a coincidence that that occurs in all of these uh, stories here? Or is is there a custom I'm unaware of? So she is searching for me. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And just here's a cultural thing. This is a world behind the text kind of thing that we'd probably not think of. Um, but it, it may seem a little weird for Jesus to impose on Zacchaeus and be like, I'm coming to your house. For yeah. Dinner. Cause it's like, uh, okay, I better, yeah, yeah. you know, in that culture. And in fact, in many other cultures today, developing world cultures, non-Western cultures, uh, it actually is considered a great honor to have someone of dignity and esteem mm dine at your house. So in fact, Jesus saying, Hey, you're going to be the place that we're going to crash tonight would have actually made Zacchaeus like really excited and happy. And he, here's what I read somewhere. One of the commentaries, a little color commentary, imagining uh, that Zacchaeus throws this lavish party and has all the, gets out the colorful streamers and like puts out, has like all of his, you know, great expensive wines and foods and stuff for Jesus. I can imagine that. And I can imagine that just being like salt in the wound for everybody yeah. who thinks mm. that, that Jesus shouldn't be associating with those types yeah. of people. Mm. And probably correct me if I'm wrong, but probably by this time in Jesus's ministry, he's seen a lot of these tax collector dudes and he's like, yeah, you're pretty broken and I've got what you need. So I'm going to come to your house. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, it's not just, uh, that's how I read yeah. it. It's not just him just going to celebrate or right. whatever. It's right. him saying, I've got what your sickness needs. Right. Yeah. Did right. anyone else contrast this with, I think, is it Levi who was also a tax collector? Yeah. You know what? I just, I just, has Matt, does Matthew have this story? Uh, no. Just Mark and Luke. Just Luke. Oh, just Luke yeah, has just the story. Yeah, just Luke has the keys. Why didn't Matthew capture this story? I don't know. It's a great question. Because he was a tax collector. I would love to know what he thought about this. So when, what about when Levi? he calls Zacchaeus, he Same says, person. you know, oh. I came to seek and to save that which was lost. But when he calls Levi, he says, uh, the healthy don't need a doctor. It's the sick, sick yeah. you know, mm. and I came. Yeah. yeah. So there's just so many similarities. And that's world of the text of just kind of seeing where this theme has appeared elsewhere. I mean, this mm. is this is world in front of the text for me to get into this. But I have not considered 
looking, I had not until this moment considered looking through the gospels for how Jesus treats wealth in the same way that he would treat a physical ailment where he actually mm-hmm. moves in to bring healing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've never thought about that before because mm-hmm. I, I always like think in our world today that in many ways our wealth and our affluence is something like a disease in some ways because it yeah. hinders us from mm-hmm. full understanding of the dependence on God and all that. So that's something to chew on for another time. So that is- Jed had an epiphany during service. I think it was the 4.30 Saturday service when we were reading about the rich young ruler and what Jesus said to him. And he whispers in the middle of service, Jesus just essentially asked this guy to be a disciple. Like, he did. Yeah. come mm-hmm. follow me. He did, yeah. And the guy just missed the opportunity or like yeah. passed up the opportunity wow. where Zacchaeus come down from the tree and he comes down immediately with mm-hmm. joy. He responds to that inv- invitation and he does so yeah. with haste, you yeah. know? Yeah. I, I think there's also a difference in the, the, the way the rich young ruler comes to Jesus first and his, his, his ask is what, what can I do to earn eternal life? He's assuming there's something that yeah. like, what can, what's the rule I can follow? What's the thing I can do that's going to get me there. And when Jesus comes to Zacchaeus's house, he said, look, I've already done this. I'm already making, you know, amends. Yeah. I'm already giving back. And it's, it feels like there's a heart difference between the rich young ruler. What can I do to get there? And Zacchaeus's I already am attracted to like what you're about. And so I'm, I've already started. This yeah. is what I've done. Mm-hmm. So Luke has a lot of parables, right? Is that yeah. the gospel with all the parables or do, yes. do they all have parables? A lot of them. In fact, you were asking about what other gospels exist. Some people think that there was actually a kind of collection of just the, the parables of Jesus that Luke had access to. And he wove them into his, okay. into his gospel. So, so it was a smaller little document that he used. This isn't one of those though, right? This is just no, like this straightforward. Is, this is narrative. This so is story. The hired gun who's hired to do amazing storytelling is like parable, 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 mm. straightforward. Story. Yeah. And then Jesus goes to Jerusalem yeah. to get killed. Right. 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 So like right. there has to be a reason yeah. in my mind that he's like, we've done the parable thing. Now here's the rich young ruler thing. And now here's sick tax collector guy. Mm you need to know these stories yeah. before Jesus goes to Jerusalem. And yep. this is the, one of the last things he talks about, which is really fascinating from a storytelling perspective that the choice that he made, that choice that he made. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a little world. One of the, you mentioned going to Jerusalem. One of the things that I'm going to mention on the um, Facebook live thing the Tuesday morning for this you already week, did mention which it. I have already mentioned since <laughs> yeah. you're listening to it. Not for the people on Facebook Live. That's right. That's right. Spoiler alert. Uh, this is very, I'm confused. Time warps. <laughs> yeah. The space time continuum gets a little disrupted yeah. on this podcast. Uh, the, one of the, the sort of tip for the week is I'm going to say looking at maps and even things like Google Earth can actually be really, really helpful mm. to get a sense of space and not just to have a bunch of names of random places. Um, but, but so uh, one of the things that, that, I did is looking at Jericho and re, and then I even, I even Googled like lists of locations in Luke to see chronologically, mm. which locations there are. And that was easy. I just Googled that and that, mm. that showed up. And if you look Jesus, there's a few things that happen in Jerusalem towards the beginning, but the way that Luke frames his gospel is Jesus does some stuff in Jerusalem. He's born in Bethlehem and all that stuff. But then the rest of it is all in Galilee, mm. Galilee, Galilee, just Galilee, north, Galilee. Yeah. Then he goes to Samaria and then he goes to Jericho has this happen? And then he goes to Bethany and then into Jerusalem and he dies. So what you see is this, like this progression of Jesus, 
moving from beginning his ministry, slowly working his way towards Jerusalem where he dies. If you look at the other gospels, you see that he kind of, yeah. he came and went from Jerusalem, but mm-hmm. in Luke's gospel, it's a very, so you can look at a map and see how he works his way towards and Jericho being the, um, at sort of the base of the hills towards, if you look at like Google, Google earth, you'll see Jerusalem's up in the hills. Mm-hmm. Jericho is down really, really low. In fact, it's one of the lowest cities that's ever existed or like, I read that somewhere. Mm-hmm. I want to say it's like 1000 500 feet below sea level. Right. It's, it's right next to the Dead Sea, which is really, really low. Yeah. Right by the Jordan River. And you can see that, okay, this would have been, there, there was like all of his ministry ends up at Jericho and then it's the long climb up. To and Jerusalem, it's, yeah. And it's almost like, if we're getting poetic here, it's almost like the long climb up to Calgary, to the, to the, hmm. to his death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Calgary, Calvary. Calvary. Cal- well, yeah. Calvary. <laughs> is it what is Calgary? That's a thing. That's in that's in Canada. Yeah, that's a Canada Canadian city. Like Cal- That'd be okay. a long walk. Canadian city. That'd be a very long walk. The long yeah. way up the hill to the hill that he died. So anyway, yeah. my knowledge is like so impressive. <laughs> Yay! You, you did save that yeah. one. Um, so <laughs> let's go back to the calling him son of Abraham thing because I feel like that would have been really important for the Pharisees and all these groups of folks to hear. Because he did it a couple chapters and maybe other instances where, I mean, I know that he did it with the woman who was like consumed by an evil spirit and uh, on the Sabbath and he prayed over her, or he cast out the demon or that, that story a couple cha- like in chapter 16, I think. And he called her daughter of Abraham mm-hmm. and he calls him son of Abraham. And if we're, if we're using the, um, his name's Martin Shkreli, the guy who, Raised all the drug prices. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah. If we're using him as the example, that would be like Jesus telling me or you that Martin Shkreli is, is, is a child a, is a yeah. child of God and like yeah. super valuable to the kingdom. And I feel like that would blow their minds yeah. and make them so yeah. mad. I feel like it does that all the time when people yeah. in prison come to Christ. Yeah. They're like, what? Not that guy. No. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. And, it was a, yeah. In their minds, the Pharisees pretty much, and they pretty much ruled the religious roost. I mean, there mm-hmm. was a very merit-based, a merit-based system. Yeah. You do that. I mean, that's really, what else do I need to do? Yeah. He hadn't done anything, nothing. He had no Sunday school. No, yeah. No, never gave his life to Christ, never threw a stick in the fire, none of those things. And all of a sudden, Jesus is going, and here's the son of Abraham. Yeah. That's stunning. All he did was relinquish power. Yeah. Boom. Do you think he knew <clears throat> what Zacchaeus or Zacchaeus was up to in terms of like climbing the tree? Oh, sure. Like yeah. this dude really wants to see me. So I'm going to go to your house. Or was it just like well, we also mystical? We also don't know what kind of reputation that Zacchaeus have. We don't right. know. That's the part of the story we don't know. Did Jesus know him ahead of time? Yeah. Maybe he don't did. Don't you think Jesus like saw it ahead of time like because then he gets to Jerusalem and he's like hey go to this guy's house there's going to be a donkey waiting mm-hmm. like some there's some foresight like Zacchaeus's mm-hmm. house no no, no, no when oh. he gets to Jerusalem like he's describing oh, his right. disciples go get this donkey well, for me you'll find it over here in my favorite passage of scripture which I say all the John chapter 5 one of my favorites John Jesus, Jesus accused why did you heal this guy on the Sabbath he had healed a guy on the Sabbath and he goes look uh, my father is always at work to this very day. Right now he's working. And all I'm trying to do is figure out where he is working and I get in line with it. Mm. And then he said, my favorite thing, he said, and the father loves the son. My father loves me and he shows me what he's doing. Mm. 
And so what Jesus is doing, his whole life was lived paying attention. So I don't know how this works. I don't know if he's walking down and he sees Zacchaeus up on the tree and father's and, and the father says, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right there. That, mm-hmm. that guy. I don't know how that works. You've experienced this, Harrison, right? Yeah, promptings. Yeah. 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 Yes. No, and, and yes. he and yeah. I have been in circumstances together. Sure. Yeah. Where yeah. we have been deal- praying over people yeah. or sit- situations and then we go, huh, at, did you mm-hmm. sense what just happened? Just, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which everybody can experience that if right. they just pay attention. Right. I want to experience it. Actually, maybe I'm too scared. I don't know if I want to experience it. <laughs> you, you want you to. You do. You do. Okay. You do. <laughs> uh, real quick about the child of Abraham thing. Or yeah. Son of Abraham. The first place that Luke uses that in his gospel is in Luke 3. And it's actually not Jesus. It's John the Baptist talking about it. So in Luke 3, uh, all these people are coming to John the Baptist to get baptized because he's talking about like, guys, things are about to happen. The mm-hmm. king is coming. The kingdom is coming. And so he's baptizing people. And then people start coming up and he's like, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? You're yeah. trying to get baptized, but you're not changing your life. You have to change the way you live. And and he says, don't, don't just say to each other, we're descendants of Abraham. That means nothing. That means nothing for, I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. Mm. And then, uh, and so hmm. then the crowds are like, well, well, what do we do? Like, how do we, what are we supposed to do about this? And look, if you look at three verse 12, it says, even corrupt tax collectors came what? to be baptized uh, and they asked, teacher, teacher, what should we do? And he replied, so John the Baptist replied, collect no more taxes than the government requires. And, uh, so right off the bat, world of the text guys, I'm telling you, it's my favorite world. Yep. And it Eat is. it haters. Eat it haters. <laughs> <laughs> so. So that right there. And then you, you mentioned, what was the other one? The daughter of yeah. Abraham? Where was yeah. that? Tyler? I thought it 16. was in chapter 16, 16, where he's working on the Sabbath. Okay. So basically when you see something like this pattern, this pattern that develops mm-hmm. over, over time, you're, you start to realize that, okay, not only was this important to Jesus, but Luke wanted us to see this pattern. Cause yeah. this is a, this is a theological theme that he's weaving. Uh, and it, and it has to do with the people who are actually a part of the kingdom the people who are legitimately part of the kingdom are not those who have it by status or just by birth. It's those who live into it and, and live the way that Jesus intends and the, are the least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Oh man. We love the Bible. Woo! <laughs> uh-huh. uh, <laughs> That's another sound clip right there. <laughs> Uh, where are we going next? What's happening? So Tim is coming this weekend, this coming weekend to talk about the Old Testament history. And he's got uh, both the uh, weekend sermon topic passage, I mean, and the homework passage are both uh, awesome little tiny stories that you probably would never have even noticed. But it's about a floating axe head and, oh, yeah. and, that and crazy. unlimited <laughs> olive oil. So those are the two passages that we're going to read about. Oh, and, um, a floating accent. That's going to be good. I, and I guarantee you, he'll say more about those two <laughs> little stories <laughs> yeah. than yeah. you can imagine. And, yeah. but, but here's the thing. Even hearing that, you're prob- some people are probably listening to that and they're like, oh, that's weird. It's not going to apply to me. Let me tell you, it's going to apply to you. The stories are both about God's concern for all, especially you. So that's what they're really about. And I guarantee it's going to, it's going to be good. Well, and that's one thing we kind of didn't touch on in the Zacchaeus was the world in front of the text for each of us. We talked about what we mm. discovered good in the world, world of the yeah, text what do you got? and the world behind, but what, what do y'all do got? got? Cause I, if I, I wrote it in giant, ugly look, Facebook, 
huge script in my, <laughs> in my journal. Dave, you said this. You can't follow Jesus while hanging on to control mm. of anything. And as six, yeah, I'm the good luck, Maren. Good luck. Can Harrison, this is what she needs prayer for. Follow Jesus. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. But that's what I mean by like, I think for me, what jumped out of these two stories over the last two days, the rich young ruler not living palms up mm-hmm. and not accepting the invitation. But mm-hmm. Zacchaeus jumping out of the tree and saying, Yes, with yeah. joy. I'll yeah. sell this stuff, give the money to the poor. Yeah, come to my house for dinner. There was an enthusiasm and an eagerness and a willingness to just in the moment surrender mm-hmm. everything. And an undignified he he was willing to as a very important man about town, he climbed up in a tree. Who does yep. that? If you're yeah, important, I don't have a problem on like undignifying myself. Right. Like and I, I wear a beard. I'll wear a beard on a Friday. <laughs> yeah. I've heard about that. But giving yeah. things up is hard. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I think for me though, it is like the undignifying thing or not undignifying, but am I willing to live out my faith in a way that other people find uncomfortable or just dis- like disturbing or something? Cause here in this culture, it's easier to live out my faith in a way that everybody finds satisfying rather than, I don't know. Am I being too obscure? No. Okay. This is your world in front of the text. My world in front Mm -hmm. of the text Mm -hmm. is I'm thinking like, in what ways am I willing to undignify myself for the faith that Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. claim to have? Yeah. Hmm. I just want Jesus to come to my house for dinner. Yeah. What would you make Jesus? What would you make him? Ooh, we had a good dinner last night. That was really good. It was really good. I'd make him what I made. (laughs) Which is what? (laughs) Oh, homemade corn tortillas. Filled with homemade. Oh yeah, from scratch, from masa. I rolled them wow. into balls. Yeah, that was my one tortilla ball. I'm gonna cook it. So then with uh, kale, with red quinoa, with a little bit of lime sprinkled over it. Do you massage the kale? Massage the kale with a little bit of salt, and then you. Uh, I made some spiced sweet potatoes or spice with. Wow. Uh, what was the occasion? Father's Day. Father's Day. Father's Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I made my own dinner. <laughs> <laughs> That's and awesome. then I had some pepitas on it and some wow. feta cheese. And, and that avocado sauce, what was avocado that? Avocado sauce shut the front door. <laughs> Little did amazing. you know you were moving to Flavortown. Flavortown. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, man. With everything, but then you said feta cheese. And I'm like, wait, what country? Mm. Where? Tortillas and feta cheese? It was mixed nationality. It must have been. Global cuisine. It was wow. global. And you could, yeah, it was all good. It was just tasty. Had well, it again for lunch today. I just, this week, like two days ago, got, what is it, a 10 foot, 12 foot table from Mel's husband, Craig, oh, long nice. time yeah, yeah. friend nice. of my family. But yeah, he just gave us this table he made, nice. probably used twice and then passed it down to us. Wow. So I have a big enough table to have people over now, but not enough chairs. But mark my words, the moment I get those chairs... All of the friends of the pot are invited. Sound. We're all coming. We're, We're all coming. coming. Yep. What if you use the table legs that are in your garage? <laughs> oh, don't start that again. Or in, Tyler, in Tyler's garage. I only have yeah. one request if we come to your house. Yeah. Can I use that plate that's over your <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. These are some deep references. Oh, guys. man. Oh. All right. All right. So, listeners, thank you so much for listening. Facebook friends, thank you so much for watching <laughs> if today. If there's even anybody watching hey, at this yeah. point. Are they gone? Bye. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Facebook Live on Tuesday mornings. Barry will be doing that at uh, yeah. 7.30, about 20, 20-ish minutes. Every, 20-ish minutes. Yep, yep. Every Tuesday. So tune in for that. Um, we've got resources now up at, are they up at all campuses yep. or just the, yep. All three campuses. Uh, yep. 
so there will be little resource stands. You can look for um, the different books and um, commentaries, commentaries and yep. Bible um, that we that we're recommending throughout the series. Um, and so, yeah, just we're we're plowing through. I, I love this this sermon series. I love that people are getting excited about it. I love that people are contributing. I love the conversations happening on Facebook. So thank you, thank you, thank you for everybody. Uh, engaging in this way. And so we will be back next week with Tim Ayers and uh, maybe do a little more um, songs Tyler's never heard of from Marin and Tim. Uh, It's my favorite thing to do. Yeah. But until next time, Marin, will you please send us out? Do justly love mercy and walk humbly with your God. We will see you on the other side of Sunday. Sunday.